Brett, this is a privilege to speak with you. I really, uh, I think the film is wonderful. Uh, it's immersive, it's somewhat magical. Um, I was just wondering from, from your perspective, um, in the doc we see Bowie has a passion for, for deconstruction and I was wondering from your perspective why you decided to tell the story in the way that you did. Before I knew I was doing David Bowie, I had grown tired of the music documentary and I had just finished a movie called Montage of Heck and I love sound in cinemas and I love being overwhelmed by sublime imagery. My favorite things to do as a kid were going to Disneyland and Pink Floyd Laserium. Um, and I think in a way I've been chasing that throughout my career with films. And my favorite moments are ones that are just purely immersive without any kind of dialogue that where you could just swim and get lost in images. So I came up with this idea to do the IMAX music experience, which would be a series of 15 films that would invite the audience to go like, if someone said, what's the story? Do, do you want a story with the Beatles or do you just want to get in on it? Yeah. Like, I want to get in on it. I don't want to hear about Liverpool. I know about Liverpool or why would I be at a Beatles film? So that was the idea going into it. And then Bowie passed and um, I had met with him years earlier about a different type of project. I reached out to the estate and told them what I was interested in. And they particularly, I think, shined to the idea that it wasn't biographical in nature. Um, and so I went on this adventure. I didn't know what I was going to find. I didn't know if it was going to work. I was pretty sure it wasn't going to work. Uh, and um, in fact, I just read a review that I thought was really funny, which said, there's no reason, by all accounts, this should have been an absolute failure and it's a miracle <laughs> it's not. Um, that I was like, nobody has stated it. So they have no idea. My wife read it was like, oh God, they need to talk to me. Like, um, so Bowie, listen, Bowie is the perfect artist for this sort of treatment because Bowie shouldn't, first of all, there's 36 books, there's dozens of documentaries. If you wanna know the story of David Jones, I could point to you and you can go online and find whatever you want. That's, you know, there was nothing new to discover on that path for me. Um, and what I think, when I think about Bowie that I appreciate is the mystery, the enigma. I, I've listened to Bowie my whole life. I've never had a desire prior to this film to go read a book about him I, I, when I listen to Bowie, I don't, I'm, I don't feel like I'm getting closer to David Jones. I feel like I'm getting a deeper understanding of myself. And I think it's by design. I think he, he creates a sort of projects, a can, allows us to project onto him and he reflects back to us a deeper understanding and meanings of our own selves. It's a, the relationship between the artist and the spectator with Bowie is just on a totally different level. Yeah, it, it's so fascinating. And you open the film, of course, with this this quote where he refers to Nietzsche, but then he suggests that, you know, we've tried to fill in this hole that we've lost when when God is dead. I was just wondering, from from your time immersed in in Bowie as you have, what how is he trying to fill that void? What or what what sort of has he come to any answers? Am I missing the point by even asking a question if he has any answers? Well, there are no answers to just questions. You know, I, it's, uh, one of my favorite expressions is there's no. Um, there's no dumb questions, it's dumb answers. And, um, you know, I think that's the central question of the 21st century. I'm not sure he answered it. I don't think he attempted to answer it. I think he showed how he was filling in the void. And David took every moment in life as an opportunity for growth and for an exchange. Um, he approached life like the greatest adventure. I mean, his, his sort of 
moniker was Sailor, which I think may, is, makes perfect sense because David was like Ulysses. He was a, a, an explorer of the mind and the imagination. And he put himself at tremendous risk in harm's way, um, not because he had some sort of death wish, but because he felt that being comfortable and safe was not an orientation that would create opportunities for growth. Um, one of the things in our world that, you know, I was born in 68, and, you know, so much of our culture is about trying to get to a place of where you're safe and comfortable and you have all your creature comforts and possessions. And that was a very little interest, not to say he wasn't interested in money or whatever, but being comfortable was something that he knew was easy to do and therefore not worth doing. So he put himself in environments that would challenge himself. And, um, and, and, and he was willing to risk his audience time and time again. And in entertainment, when you lose your audience, it's, it, there's no guarantee you're gonna get them back. But he didn't care. I mean, he wanted to sell records on his terms, um, except for the 80s where things kind of changed up a little bit. Oh, it's, it, honestly, it's an incredible film. Um, I've, I've, I truly, I say I've never seen anything like it, and I mean that in the best of ways. And I appreciate that because like, as a filmmaker, this is what I was going back to Lazarium and all this stuff, is as a filmmaker, that was my hope, is to get to a point in my career, get a point in my life where I can actually try to do something with this medium that I, I'm in love with, that has given me so much. And yet, you know, when I think of narrative film, there hasn't been a tremendous amount of evolution since The Great Train Robbery in 1907. I mean, shot, reverse shot, 180 degree access. It's all, I mean, there's been some, but as a culture, we still read film in a very linear way. And one of the I, things that excited me when, in constructing Moon Age Daydream was this idea that it was like, I didn't have a reference point. There wasn't like I was watching someone else's film to figure out how to solve the mysteries of this film. I just had to get in there, put a blindfold on, and try to feel my way out of the dark. It, it, it's honestly, it's, it's phenomenal. So thank you. thank you so much for the time to chat with you.